Then there are two letters attributed to Peter, the leader of the early church. There's one attributed to James, Jesus' brother, and one to Jude, which I'm sorry to say hardly anyone ever reads. And perhaps none of these five letters are letters in the sense in which you and I understand the word. There's also one quite extraordinary piece of theological thinking which tries to help its hearers work their way through the question of how you talk about Jesus. And that's the letter to the Hebrews. Then there's the book of Revelation, as it's called in Latin, or Apocalypse, as they know it in Greek. Now, this is a book that terrifies the wits out of some people. And towards the end of this course, we'll be talking about it and inviting you to read it. Why just these documents, though? See, the chances are you've probably heard of other Gospels, the Gospel of Judas, or the Gospel of Thomas, or the Gospel of Mary and Peter, and the Proto-Evangelium of James. And very often you'll read excited journalists suggesting that the Church has concealed these texts from ordinary people to keep our darkest secrets carefully hidden. Well, writing that sort of allegation is great fun and probably makes its authors a great deal of money, but it's not to be taken seriously. You can find for yourselves all these apocryphal Gospels nicely translated into English and handily printed for you to read, and I suggest you spend some time with them, and I'm prepared to bet that you'll find them rather tedious, though in places they show a rather overheated imagination, which relieves the boredom. But I guarantee that if you read them, you're not going to find yourself clapping your hands to your brow and say, oh, of course, the church has been keeping this from me all these years. Indeed, I suspect that if you move from those Gospels to the four Gospels you find in your New Testament and read them all through, you're going to find yourself admiring the church's sobriety in selecting just these four. One thing we need to know is that the church didn't immediately get down to the business of writing. Jesus himself doesn't seem to have written anything at all, though he clearly said lots. And in fact, the only evidence of him actually writing is that the story that you will find at the beginning of chapter 8 of John's Gospel, though it doesn't belong there, and that's the lovely anecdote of the woman caught in adultery. When this unfortunate lady is brought before Jesus just to check that it's all right for them to stone her, as the law says, we're told that he twice stooped down and wrote on the earth. But that, of course, was a delaying tactic and tells us nothing about his levels of literacy. And by and large, those first Christians followed his example. It's a safe guess that not many of them could read or write, and for the most part, as they rushed around that Mediterranean word, they spread the message by talking rather than by writing. And in any case, many of them thought that Jesus had indicated that the world was going to end quite soon, so what would be the point of writing books? However, the world didn't end, and Jesus' expected return didn't take place, but the people of God lost none of their enthusiasm for Jesus' message. And then, of course, those first witnesses started to die off. The Apostle James was martyred by Herod in 42 AD, and Peter 
probably in the aftermath of the Great Fire in Rome in 64 AD. And after that, the question arose of how do you pass on the message? And perhaps some people felt the need to have something in their hands to give to those who were instructing new converts. And so the author whom we know as Mark put down on paper, or rather papyrus, an account of Jesus' life, not quite as you or I would do it, but the shape of what Mark did was good enough to be used as a basis by Luke and by Matthew for their Gospels. And the author of John's Gospel may also have known Mark, and possibly the other two as well, but he produced something rather different. But all of them produce basically the same story of Jesus from his baptism to his death, and then the emptiness of his tomb on that momentous Easter Sunday morning.